One, two, three. What do you want? Hello and welcome to X-Rated, the X-Men animated review show. I am your host. I shudder to think of such a possibility. Well, it's the case nonetheless. Uh, Davrin Hodge. <laughs> you enter my sanctum unbidden, bringing with you that vile creature. Look, that <laughs> vile creature is my co-host, and he has every right to be in your sanctum. He can get in your sanctum whenever he wants to be in your sanctum. And he'll uh, say... Thank you for being in my sanctum, Andre. That's uh, me. Yes, I'm, I'm yes. in the sanctum. My co-host, Life Mayette. <laughs> you sure picked lousy friends. Oh, no, he's great. He's great. How's it going, Andre? <laughs> Not too bad. How are you doing? All Our right. show's back. We don't there we go. We what don't was it? Go. What was the setting that you had wrong? I don't know. I just closed my soundboard and opened it again. I turned Genius. it on and off again. Genius. Mm -hmm. That old chestnut. Mm -hmm. I still kind of hear me in the background, but that's fine. Really? The, yeah. Just looks like an echo of me. And it's a little bit of a delay. What's going on there? I don't know what that's about. Maybe my, this new microphone I got here is just extra sensitive. Yeah, you got yourself the old Yeti, eh? Yeah, I do. That's excellent. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We're going to we'll, we'll go, go for it and see how we do. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to our show. I mean, that was five minutes of us chatting about technical difficulties. Yeah, perhaps you could edit that out when you do the audio version of this. Yeah. You're going to let it fly? Just have some dead air of you trying to figure out what your music problems were? That's great. That's some high-quality uh, podcasting well, going right there. Well, maybe not. Maybe I'm not. What do you, maybe the audio-only listener is a more discerning listener. Well, that's generally how I listen. I don't like who has the time to watch a two-hour video podcast. Two, like I get listening to it while you're Our doing stuff. Yeah, well, no, I'm, I love the Xcoons. They're amazing, but I certainly don't have the time to sit there and watch two idiots yammer on about a show from the '90s when I could listen to it while driving or working or working out or mowing the lawn or doing something productive. That's they how don't. I don't. They listen to us talk about the X Men animated series. I, well, no, but I mean that because I. Listening, I get. I don't like sitting here and watching the video the whole time. That seems like <laughs> seems like watching. You can watch a movie. You are gonna go watch The Godfather, the movie that Devin wants me to watch so badly. Oh, I'm gonna. I've already uh, set up an episode of Hold Up a Movie podcast for season two or three, where I'm gonna force you and Murphy because he hasn't seen it either. Well, I'll watch it you're before both, that, just to spite you're you. You're both gonna watch The Godfather. Oh well, do it then. Well, you can't make me be in the show. Of course I can if you're scheduled. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could not show up. What? It's quite easy. You do it's that? Quite... I would consider it. Well, I just wouldn't agree to do it. But, but I'm a busy you, man. You'd be on the schedule. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Who am I to, to, to question the veracity of the schedule? That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. Right. You're not someone fair to enough, question the veracity enough. of the schedule. That's so. true. That's true. That's true. All right. All right. Let's catch up on old times.
What you think they're doing up there? What you think they're doing up there? What are you up there? They're, they're doing up there. They're doing things are doing to transpire up there. Oh, geez. <laughs> down, down there and up there. Up there. <laughs> that sounded good, though. We can have a lot of fun. We can just do that for the rest of the show. I don't even know what I'm talking <laughs> to the show. We can just talk oh, to the but until we get an angry letter from like you know Louisiana residents that are like that don't sound like us. Just wait, ex goons. This show is gonna get crazy in the break between <laughs> this show and the ninety. Oh, we're not season. actually. T- I thought we were gonna go do a different show for a while. I don't think we'll have time, so I think we just. No, it's do not that's what There's a writer strike on. It's like a model like twenty twenty four and an actor strike. That's not. That's not going to affect that. That's done. Yeah, but it's still coming out. It's still coming out to twenty twenty four, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this is going to be over in two months' time. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. So we'll see. There's only there's only ten episodes in the season, and this is nine. So we only have eight weeks after this. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah, if there's well, any breaks or things that too. come up, that's true. We'll have we'll, we'll have more. Ins- well, anyway, we're gonna we have lots of fun stuff ahead of ahead of you. Here. Oh yeah, God! Oh dear God! This never I ends. Do. It never ends. It just goes on for eternity. You've you've signed on the dotted line, Andre. Mm. I own you now. Oh, good Um, God. It's nice to be wanted, I guess. Season 5, Episode 2, The Phalanx Covenant, Part 2. Written by Stephen Melching and David McDermott. It's another Melching-McDermott joint, just like the last (laughs) episode. Well, I'd assume that since it's a two-parter, they would have written both parts. That hasn't been the case for the rest of the two-parters in this series. The four-parters, not so much. It's been weird. No, even the two-parters, Days of Future Past, part one and two are different people. Um, Yeah, man, we've commented on that. All right. So, yeah, yeah. Remember, um, Julia, friend of the show, Julia Lewald, just wrote part two of Days of Future Past, and we were like, that's the best one. That was like... The, it was pretty it was great. the best episode at the time. Yeah, it was. There's a lot of great stuff coming out of there, anyway. Yeah. And developed for television by, and story editor, by friend of the show, Eric Leewald. Mm. Uh, Good times. So, yeah, you did hear the catching up music, because I did indeed play the catching up music, XQ, and you're not crazy. Um, I just can't find my... You got some big news, do you not? What do you, what do you think they're doing up there? Well, you, you go first. What are you doing up there? Uh, nothing. Just auditions for the next play I'm directing and going to be in, so that's fun. Um, got some rise for me. Uh, you, yeah, uh, I don't have to audition. Actually, actually, for. actually, yeah. If you want to come out to Toronto three days a week for uh, for Damn rehearsals, it. Damn um, it. absolutely. Damn. Uh, there's there's there actually is a great role for you if you uh, you could make it. I could use it. I keep striking out on the voice roles. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, just doing that. I had to wrestle this past Sunday and um, Cape Breton. Um, I'm going on vacation next week, which is fun. We'll bomb around the Maritimes and visit some folks and do some stuff. So play some golf, go to the beach, do some fun Andre activities. Be back for trivia in for this show on Tuesday and Wednesday. So actually, no, there is no trivia Wednesday because the trivia place I do trivia at is uh, their final trivia of the old locations and moving to a new one is this Tuesday. And I think there's a break in between the two while they get set up in the new space. Upgrade. Hmm. That's the bulk of. Oh, and uh, I got a new theme song for wrestling, so that's fun. A debate. I oh, debuted yeah? that. I de- debuted that at uh, the show on Sunday in Cape Breton for ECPW, and it went over like gangbusters. Y'all, I just loved it. By Ukla the Mock. 
I wish <laughs> that would have been awesome, but it didn't really fit my wrestling character. Yeah. It's uh, Weird. it's a by it's by a little known band called ABBA, and uh, you may Do have you heard walk of out to Dancing Queen. Oh no, I come out to Gimme Gimme Gimme. <laughs> okay. It's great. It's so good. It's actually a cover, but it's the it's by a female singer, and it's it's pretty close to the original. It's just a little uh, the the sound quality is better. It's a little poppier, just a little, but it's awesome. The audience got right into it the the second it hit, and it's uh, it's super fun to come out to. Super fun. I would I would play it now if I could. I don't know how you managed to play the music on this, but but it's uh, great. Yeah, you'd have you'd, you'd have to send it to me. Okay. <laughs> But uh, and I don't think we have the rights to ABBA tunes. Well, you can't you can get away with that in the arenas of the world, but not on the internets. Well, we're using it for purely for scientific research, you know. I mean, I think they'll, they'll forgive us. It's actually not you the got... ABBA version. It's by Anna Pansu, but uh, it's 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 super fun. We actually got a copyright strike for the first time for that little clip of the Japanese theme to this. Oh, show. really? Yeah, you mentioned that, yeah. right? That's so I'm not playing those anymore. <laughs> what do they just send you an email? No, it's just a copyright strike. It wasn't even a copyright strike. It was a claim. That's different. Strike is that it messes with your video. Claim, they're just like, that's ours. And you're just like, okay. Oh, okay. So what does it come through? Stream, but stream still, there? I'm not going to bother. Who's no, that through? was on YouTube. That was on YouTube. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah. someone's out there protecting their copyright. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's super fun. You know that or song, Facebook, do you? One of you know people. that song? You know Evan? I don't know that. Give no, me, I'm not a big, me, big ABBA guy. Really? ABBA guy. No. Give me, give me, give me a man at the midnight. Won't someone help me let the shadows away? Give me, give me, give me. Oh, all right. It's a good song. Anyway, you got some pretty colossal news, did you not? I'm surprised you're even here. Well, my, my tink was doing up there, and then nine months later, here we are. And you have a new little bundle yeah. of joy in the household. I do. Three weeks early. Well, let me tell you, Andre. It was a it was it was a stormy night, mm-hmm. a dark and stormy night. In fact, it was. Remember that crazy night we had with all the lightning and the insane rain that flooded out my hometown and many many hometowns. Yeah, I was in Moncton. I actually didn't see most of it because I wasn't here when it happened. But oh, it was nuts, it. man. So it was just like the wife was just like, oh, you know contractions and whatnot i'm like oh yeah that's normal don't worry about that it happens all the time she's like yeah you're, you're, you're telling your like, wife what's normal with pregnancy well yeah i've been through this before too and that's true like they have contractions for like weeks and months yeah but hasn't she been through it before yeah okay but um i, I do you have, have other children some expertise do you have the other no. I, okay i was gonna say i've never heard you mention no. other children do you have other children out no. there Okay. No, just my my now baby girls. You mansplaining to your pregnant wife how pregnancy works? Yes, that's okay. exactly. What oh, I was okay. Doing. Excellent. Okay. Good. Good. I'm sure she was super. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you're the expert. What does she know? But then Person she goes the to the hospital and they're like, "Yeah, you're having a baby today." And this is three weeks early, mind you. So I was just like, "They're just going to send you home," and she's like, "Yeah, they're just going to send me home." But they didn't send her home. So yeah, we just sat there like we watched lightning crash all night. It was a crazy stormy night. So, my new baby's name is Ursula, but her superhero name is Storm, because mm-hmm. my my first daughter, her superhero name is Wolverine, because that was almost her name. Her you want to call it Wolverine? Her middle name was going to be Wolverine up until like the last second, 
Yeah. We well, could have just called her Logan, man. Wolverine's a pretty rough no, baby kid. Lo- no, Logan's overdone. It's overdone. Wolverine is pretty insane. Logan's not even his name. It's the name of okay, his Okay, call her Howlid then. Make her middle name Howlid. Yeah, no, he's Wolverine. It's also a freaking mythical Canadian creature. It's the best freaking name anyone could have. So that's well, her superhero name. It's not mythical. It's an actual creature. Wolverine mythical is all Wolverine, hell too, man. Wolverines really exist, you know. They're a real animal. Mysterious animals. and... Oh, yeah, but they're, okay. They're, but mythical at the same time. Don't you yeah. read Alpha Flight? Don't, don't yeah. I read... Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't... I don't remember them talking about the mythical prop, mystical properties. Oh, of the... Snowbird talks about shit like that all the time. Oh, um, I see. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I got a new baby girl. She came three weeks early, and we had a little bit of a scare there a couple days ago, but it wasn't even a real scare. So she had to go back to the hospital for a couple days. She's a picture of health, though. It's great. She's cute. She's a little clone of my first one, I think, but a little different. A little stockier. So why Ursula? Big fan of the Little Mermaid? Well, she is my favorite Disney villain, yes. No. But... Good choice. Yeah, she's awesome. Poor Unfortunate <laughs> Souls might be the best Disney song, too. Um, oh, that's a deep cut. One of them. I think my favorite villain is Frollo from uh, the uh, Hunchback in Notre Dame because he is by far the best. I never disturbing. saw that one. Oh man, he is so disturbing. If you uh, already have like a fear of like religious fanaticism, uh, that movie will will strike you deep in your your sad little heart. It's. Uh, I wouldn't it's... say I have a fear of it. I have a bit of a of a detest for it. <laughs> well, so do I. But you know, a group of people that all believe that they're right can do some pretty terrible things. And if the guy, yeah, in X Men you know, comics, they're called the Right. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll talk about them tonight because this is a Cameron Hodge episode. Oh, right, so. the far, the far right, if you will. Uh, All right, you want to get yeah. This? So that's what that's what I'm doing up there. I got that's a new amazing. baby girl, so and she, you know what? I looked. She was born, and I picked her up for the first time, and I looked at my baby girl, and you know what? The first thing I said to her was, Andre, what's this? Baby cuddles again? Very nice. I thought you were going to say, you look like Andre. No. (laughs) Baby cuddles again? Yep. So when's the third one on the way? That's it. No, just two. We're already too old. You're going to get the old... Having two young babies. You're going to get the old snipperoo? No. No. Play play it careful, buddy. Oh, I am... I have a friend who now has five children and never intend... Because he married a woman with three already... They had one uh, with a, a, They had one which they was didn't plan, and then they had another one recently. Which I'm is, a professional, Andre. I was a hitchhiker. <laughs> Your polo game was strong. Is that it? It's quite <laughs> strong. Okay. Oh, good, excellent. <laughs> well, you have two, you have two uh, pieces of evidence that would that would disagree with that. That was on purpose. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah, I have 100% accuracy. Don't That's even right. worry. I don't know. This is probably not a conversation any of the ex-goons want to hear. So I think they do. On. I think the ex-goons want to hear more. About they want to talk about like my accuracy? That's right. I want well, to hear more about the the size, the girth. <laughs> well, <laughs> we've only had one vote so far, but so far the Patreon, because if you're a Patreon member, follow us on Patreon, contribute to the show. Patreon. You get to vote on extra things, which I just started doing, but there'll be more. We're going to reward the patrons as much as we can, maybe with stickers like this one. This is a sweet decal. can go outside on your your car, your bike, your guitar case. Look at that sweet X-rated decal, you know. So yeah, that's really good. we got to find ways to get rid of these 
I tried to do a contest, but nobody participated. So, ex-goons, tell me a contest you might participate in. Or, what's a good thing, fun thing I can do? But, anyway, so far, ex-goon Ryan, patron Ryan, says, Of all these following characters, myself, Andre, Black Tom Cassidy. Oh, the physical characters count. And the, the fictional characters count, okay. Yeah, we had. There was, yeah, you even beat out Black Tom Cassidy. Apparently, Andre has the best beard. He now. doesn't have a beard. He has like a little goatee and a mustache. What? Black Tom Cassidy? It's not like a beard. beard. All right. So I have one vote. There's only one vote in this, and it was for. Yeah. We only have like four okay. Patreon customers, people. Yeah, but only one vote. The rest of them are undecided. Oh, wow. Come on, you cowards. Biggest well, I know it's obviously uh, me or Black Tom, but anyway. of course I forgot. Black, I just googled him. <laughs> I forgot he showed up in Deadpool very briefly. Yeah, he did in prison. Yeah, they really made him yeah. into like the gangster type more so than the Machiavellian Shakespeare villain type that he is in the comics. They, they really did. I forgot about that. We're gonna we're gonna we might talk about that Deadpool movie later too. Anyway, so that's what we're doing up there. Bundle I'm of down. joy. That's what we're doing. Pretty excited. Pretty excited. We got a little storm and a little Wolverine now. I'll have to tell a friend of the show, Allison. Uh, my daughter's superhero name is. You couldn't. Have, you, what's her middle name? You couldn't call her Aurora. I'm really surprised you didn't her, already. The middle name's Jean, which is also an X Men character, so that works. Why not Aurora? Why didn't you go with that? Ursula Jean. That's what I'm gonna say whenever she's being bad. Or even Monroe. Yeah, I like Monroe because I really like the character Monroe from Congo. Remember that movie in book? I've never in my life heard anyone that liked the movie Congo enough I to name a character movie. after a character, to name their I child can, a character from that movie. I can quote every uh, sentence in that movie. Who was Monroe in, in times. Congo? Was Ernie Hudson. Character? Oh, it's Ernie Hudson's character. Okay, it's been a million years since seen that movie. I think we should name her after Bruce Campbell's character. I don't remember who he was, but he, he was, was lame. Monroe, he was Ernie Hudson, that's who you want. He had the he had the space laser. It's like you you put the you put you give the did you give him the banana with the dupe inside? My, like, yes, uh, I give him the banana with the dupe inside. My buddy he often uh, would play the Congo video game for like the the Nintendo. Did they make uh, a video game of it? Yeah, it was for Sega something, one of those ones. Oh, and, uh, I didn't have Sega. He, he, he threw it on one day when I was there to show me, because he collects retro games, to show me like some of the stuff about it. It's pretty great. There's like this character named Kambala, who's just like wandering through the woods, and he's like talking about how the apes are coming, and he's like, the apes are close by now. I have no weapon. And he's just like, like it's like a video diary he's making. It's funny, because he, he says the apes are close by now, and he's like, I have no weapon. And then when he like looks off, he pulls out a big knife, and I'm like, "Why are you fucking lying? He's got a big weapon right there." But I don't think Kabbalah made it out. All right, let's get to the episode. We've already wasted enough time. All right, let's get. Remember to how it. I said we should try to expedite these episodes earlier? <laughs> then we spent twenty minutes. Yeah, then we spent twenty minutes uh, figuring out uh, tentative difficulties and talking about your pillow game. We can't do that. The X goons deserve every minute of this shit. They sure do. Previously on X Men. Now, self-friends beast, Forge, your world is doomed. Doomed? Doomed. I am, I'm 
stepping up the game, stepping up the uh, slideshow game here. The Fate yeah, this is Covenant Part Two. This is a nice addition. Um, so then yeah, we ship. see, uh, pardon? Yes, uh, we see uh, Beast. Uh, Beast trying to send her a distress call and get a hold of somebody that may be able to help them with no answer. Well, uh, you know, Forge says that uh, perhaps it has the whole world might. Like, Either you know they're jamming the signals, the phalanx are, or that the whole world is has been taken over by the phalanx. But you know we shouldn't give up hope. And uh, he and Warlock are compiling data and working on some way to figure out what to do here. Um, look at this shot here. Look at the slick animation in this shot. Yeah, the, like the background this looks great. Based based on what sharp. Based on what I saw when I was getting the graphics ready for the next two episodes, I'm guessing that's when the the animation hits a dip. This 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 animation oh, yeah. is for sure as good. These episodes as, are. These two are, are the best animation in the whole series, I think. It's very they are good. in the router place because of the yeah. You can there's a site where I go to see what the old order was, and this is like way, middle of last season. But this was the intended really... order of uh, you know yeah. intended order. Yeah, so so uh, that makes makes sense as to why the the animation is kind of back and forth. But um, this is a priority one SOS. Do you read? So. Um, they, they, he talks about how they figured out that that the phalanx has trouble absorbing. Um, it, it it has an easy time dealing with metals and stuff like that, inanimate objects. Has a hard time, but can do organic life. But has a really impossible time apparently doing mutants. Um, then Mister Sinister jumps in saying, "Of course, that's why they attacked his lab because he he had the biggest collection of mutant DNA in the world." Uh, and combined with Charles Xavier's files, which is why they probably attacked the mansion. They've always I cannot the tell whether the phalanx is causing some sort of interference, or if or if the whole world has been assimilated. Remember when I said that a That's minute ago? That would have been the time attacked. to play that. It is, it was, the largest storehouse of data on mutant genetics in the world. There, is that better? Yes, it sounds like Mr. Britton's back doing the 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 voice again. The voice sounds. Like I think that was him before. I do really? think that was him before. Yeah. It sounds much more like the classic one in this one that did in the last episode. It does, but I think they had to have done this at the same time. They had guest stars and everything. Like it had to have been him. Yeah. So uh, they they're trying to figure out what to do next, uh, where to go to um, to. Uh, to find a uh, friend you know, of the show, Mr. Sinister. Yes, Christopher Britton. So basically what happens afterwards is that they need to find a safe place to, to, to look at, to compare the DNA of the, the mutants, what they discovered with, with phalanx technology, and they decide to go to Mir Island. It's an island. Uh, it's got lots of mutant DNA, mutant people there that they can uh, use in the experiment. And uh, since it's far off, they may, may have not been touched by the phalanx yet. So they decide to head to Mir Island. We then cut to the old spire. <laughs> they go to the two places in this episode where they think the phalanx won't go. And they go right there. Newfoundland. Yeah. Which, well, uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I was curious as to why Newfoundland made an appearance because that could have been anywhere. Because really. <laughs> why would the phalanx go there, I Well, guess. they could have made it Maine, know. like, you know, if they wanted to just to keep it in the States. But it's funny that they, but we'll get to that. So we cut to uh, Wolverine, who is being experimented upon in the, uh, in the phalanx uh, spire. Let me out of here. Yeah, and then he's approached by the face of a character who says that we have not met before, but I've met some of your ilk. I don't him. believe we met. 
I'm Cameron Hodge, former liaison to the Genosian government. <laughs> it's like this guy pulls up, former liaison of the. It's like what? <laughs> now but, my knowledge yeah. of this guy is fairly like he only appeared in a couple episodes in the past. It seems odd to me that they would use him in this like traitor to humanity role. We haven't seen it, him it, in three it's years. It's not. And okay. I'll tell you all about because him of the later. comics. Yeah, I'm gonna tell okay. you all about him later. So uh, basically, he uh, you know says that they're 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 work the mutants because of what happened the mutants took his arm and his leg. How did he lose his arm and his leg? In the previous episode, uh, do you remember this? Did it happen in this show? Yeah. Or is this just off-camera stuff? No, I think you said it happened in... It, well, I, we must have seen it something. Maybe it was when Genosha died. Or, well, uh, oh, if... It was maybe it was probably, during probably the... Like, Sentinel, like, Master Mold explosion or something. Yeah, maybe so. But he said he lost an arm and a leg because of the mutants, but now he got them back because of the uh, phalanx. Phalanx. Yeah. Um, I, th I think he goes into the full story here where he explains that he, after the Genosha incident, he started working for the government uh, investigating mm -hmm. crashed uh, UFOs or extraterrestrial things. And then he stumbled upon the plane crash that brought, or the ship crash that brought uh, Warlock and his life mate here. And, uh, you know, ended up when the Phalanx came looking for them, joining up with them because they gave him back his, and, and selling the human race, essentially, which uh, is pretty. <laughs> he, he's looking at, looking and smiling at you, Andre. I love how yeah, and he's like putting his hand out. I'll I'll take your hand. <laughs> I will show you love. Um, the it's funny how these, these. there's always villains in these things that are just so quick to sell out humanity. Like I don't get you know what I mean. Like there's always someone that's ready, the human that's helping Skynet or the Matrix or the aliens that come and sell them out because they get promised that they'll get some position of power in the new alien society. Or, uh, you know, it's it's always so funny and ridiculous to me that a human would sell out other humans. I get for self-preservation, but this guy literally says, um, you know, the phalanx are going are, are gonna to take over and he's happy to help them because he doesn't agree with, uh, with the way the world is being run. In fact, I got some comments about this guy in the, uh, in the extra segment because um, I'm not sure if it's... Unfortunately, I don't think he's that unrealistic. No, I'd say he represents a certain type of person. But uh, like I know he's the the low hanging fruit, but like Trump would totally become Cameron Hodge. <laughs> like if he could, he would uh, totally. I do think it. Trump supports to think of such a possibility. I do uh, shudder to think of such a possibility. He has like he he says how they're they're figuring out because um they're they can't absorb the mutant DNA. They can't absorb metal. And since Wolverine's skeleton is mm -hmm. adamantium, they can use it to catalog to to start to go from the inside out and uh, and be able to figure out how to to take mutant dna um yeah. because he talks about i believe if i don't know if it's in this section or the next one where he talks about how i think it's in the next one is there there's a segment where he's oh, talking to mutant beast. friends cost me yeah. an arm and a leg uh, oh, yeah. thanks to the phalanx i've made a complete recovery <laughs> i don't know who the voice actor is who does hodge but he's really good he is quite good and uh, mm -hmm. i can make that next point if you want i think i have that here ah do that make that next point Yes, I do have this here. Uh, he's been on the show before, actually. Oh, but, uh, that's yeah. an interesting exploit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, he's definitely been on the show before. Look at all those helicopter landing spots. There's like an... one, two, three, four, five. They get a lot of visitors over at Mirror Island. Five helicopters at once? That's what they do up there. That's what they do up there. They're landing helicopters. It's the only way to get to Mirror Island. 
<laughs> well, there's a plane runway there right next to it. Look, they have a lot of traffic. This is kind of weird, actually. They're expecting a lot of air traffic in this one facility. Yeah, they sure do. So uh, they get to Mirror Island, and they start uh, doing some experiments, trying to figure out exactly. But then they're surprised by the return of Amelia, who uh, we've seen before. Uh, What's her last name again? It's a microscope. That's how you know. Amelia Vaught. Yeah. Vaught, yeah. She's there after everything went down with Genosha. She decided to go get her doctorate and is working on it while working on Muir Island. I so thought it's... I'd pick up the career I'd drop for Charles. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> yeah. There's some snark there. <laughs> um, it's funny. It's like it's like just Char- Charles's exes are all hanging out together. Like like they all work together now and just Seriously? work in the same office. Like Lilandra Remember how grumpy he showed up to Muir Island last time? Lilandra shows up and, uh, and time. works out with them too. Like Lilandra's like, so room for one more. <laughs> and Juggernaut lives downstairs. <laughs> Just <laughs> the, the Charles hating society. Not that the, the, the women hate Charles, but so uh she agrees she offers to help. Obviously, big things are going on. Banshee is there as well. Hmm. Um which is fun, but they uh they figure out that they can they can attack their basic programming. They can they can perhaps uh, you know cure people and and stop this uh, stop it. But they need to get an, a sample of uh, the, the the warlock DNA, which I think is really funny that they didn't get the guy standing beside them. That's a phalanx to provide the sample. <laughs> well, he had, Beast already has a sample of warlock. He got it right. last episode. That's true. He needs one from the uh, the core. So they do a simulation which says that if they can get a sample and isolate some thing, they can perhaps return anything that's been infected by the phalanx back to its original form. Look at this team shot. Like the yeah. one thing I love about this two parter is just the interesting little squads that develop. Like look at this team: Banshee, Beast, Warlock, Forge, Moira, Amelia Vaught, and Mister Sinister. Like that's something that would only happen in the most deep cut of x-men comics oh 100 and and here it is on screen yeah it's fun that's why like like even forge who have really only had like he's only appeared as future forge and only briefly in past past forge in the x-force episode and that's it he's a star of this episode almost. yeah he's, like, he's, he's i'd like to see him in the show more i know uh, bishop sort of takes is a is a, a main character in the new season as well as uh hmm. sunspot and i would like to see forge have a bigger role or at least the he x-force been mentioned or at least see a team, a full episode team up with X Force would be fun too. Or X Factor. Or sorry, X Factor. Yes, X Force would be great. They never did that. X Force. Oh, it's coming. X Force is definitely gonna be. It's got to. Yeah, got to. So uh, we get. uh, We've seen images of Cannonball, but never actually the character. So I don't think we will by this. Oh right, he was on that. Usually on TV screens and stuff in the background, and when you see a bunch of. Is this a computer virus or a common cold virus? Both actually. That accent is so bad. He's a common cold virus. Cold virus. Cold virus. It could be cold. Did you do a COVID test, McCoy? <laughs> <laughs> so they, 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 if they can, if they can create uh, basically the serum um, and and administer it to the heart of the oh yeah, oh, I'm the phalanx empire. Uh, it'll it should undo everything is what they figure. And uh, Warlock volunteers to be the one to. Um, Put himself into mm-hmm. the heart and sacrifice his life because his life mate's gone to uh, t- to save the Noble world. Noble sacrifice. If self's life mate must be destroyed to save your planet, 
Then Self will act as bait and be destroyed with her. Alarm! Phalanx! Phalanx is here! Alarm. Yeah, like, his alarm, like his whole head opens and like it's like all these little like uh, radio signals and uh, little satellite dishes and stuff. It's very funny. Yeah. His voice actor is really good too. There's a lot of good voice acting in this. He is. He kind of reminds me of Astar from Planet Danger. From those old Canadian. He can put uh, his arm back on, but, but you, you can't, can, Andre. So play safe. Play safe. So you careful with those so, arm bars. While well, they're chatting and saying, well, we got to go get this planet action for the Phalanx find us, almost as though they had heard them. A bird mm. lands on the uh, sinister ship, which turns out to be a phalanx in skies, infects the ship, and then becomes a giant kaiju robot uh, using the ship and the phalanx uh, infecting it. Sinister is upset that they took in a ship. He seemed to like that ship. And uh, then him and... gives her the old scream, though. Yes. Yeah, he does. Him and Banshee attack it. So, uh... Resistance is futile. You will join with the phalanx. Start the engines. Start the engines. So so now they have a a weapon against them. Um, They kind of tell Forge perhaps he should use it now, and he says he can't risk it until uh, they're 100% sure, you know, it's going to work the way they want it to Mm. because they need a sample of the the phalanx itself to use it on, and they don't want to waste it. It's not going to work. So Moira wants them to help get everybody out of the area, but they don't have time. And he says that if, if we if we succeed, it won't matter. Everyone will be saved anyway. But you have to like you know show us how to get out here. So she brings them to their backup plane and uh, sends them on their way with Amelia. But always uh, like this. Banshee tries to buy them some time when the robot attacks them when they're getting on the ship, but mm-hmm. uh, the phalanx manages to grab him. Uh, Moira tries to run to help him, but she starts to get infected as well because she ran up to him. And then uh, Sinister kicks her, just kicks her off the <laughs> he plane. Sure does. He's, like, he's, like, he's like, he's like, she's already infected. No time, and just kicks her into the into the phalanx. And uh, and it's like we don't get time for this Molly Collian coddling bullshit. And basically, like you know, Beast has abhorred his behavior. But Sinister was right. <laughs> what did you do? Oh god! But Sinister was right. I mean, she would have infected the ship and killed them all, or had them all be absorbed. This is one of the most hilarious Sinister. It is quite funny because she's like, like fighting, turning into the phalanx, uh, and then he just comes over and kicks her right back off the plane into the into the, the phalanx sort of mixture of technology that she became a part of. So they're trying to figure out where where they can go. This is a good episode. They're trying to figure out where they can go to, uh, you know, to to continue on with their plan. And uh, Amelia suggests one place in the north. So uh, Newf- get... Newfoundland. No, not yet. We have to go get the person <laughs> they need for Newfoundland first. All right. Mary so, uh, from Alpha Flight. So they head to the far north in the Arctic. There's a secret base somewhere in the in the snow. Uh, they they're not they don't know how to get in. They can't find the entrance. Sinister wants to blow it up, but then Amelia uses her powers to vaporize them all and then uh, waft them into the place. They then approach the person who runs. This little base who seems to be sitting in a, a little sadness pile, uh, maligning his uh, his past failures, and that person being Magneto. So much shadow in such a well lit room. Nice return, yeah. But you need it for, for <laughs> you need it for for drama. You see, <laughs> it's drama shadow. It's a drama so, shadow lamp. Amelia says, "We need your help. The Earth's in danger." Magneto says, "I don't care." Basically, he says, uh, yeah. "After the loss of Asteroid M." He uh he stopped caring like he doesn't care. He's tired of fighting. He's tired of 
everything. He just basically just was like, let them come. He's like, they'll come here too. He's like, after they take the whole world, they'll come here and get you as well. And he's like, let them come. I don't care. Like he literally has given up hope on, on achieving his dream of uh, mutant supremacy and also mm. any real desire to fight for it either. But uh, he even says some some shit as you played earlier in the introduction against Sinister. He says, "How dare you come here un, uncalled and bring that mm. that monster with you?" Which is a direct reference. Which is funny that this episode would have aired before the end of last season because he was referencing Sinister's. I shudder to think of such a possibility. You enter my sanctum yeah. unbidden, bringing with you that vile creature. And the only way they've interacted was once, and that was during the Apocalypse debacle at the end of last season. So, mm. obviously, this is aired where it should be in the lineup of scripts because it's a direct yep. reference to that episode. Yeah, maybe. Sinister, of course, takes umbrage with that, and there may be a battle, but Beast holds him back. But mm. Beast, uh, you know, says that they'll come here. He says, I don't, I like kind of seeing him with his stuff. There's like a little pile of his stuff on the floor, like his helmet. His uh, cape and the little thing that goes around that holds the cape there and his gloves. Mm. So, like, he's just sitting there and, like, oh, yeah, his, yeah. yeah. So, he's just sitting there in kind of his civvies, uh, you know, being sad with the beard and the hair. Not doing so well, yeah. I like the there beard and goes. the hair. They look really good. But oh, anyway, yeah. he's pretty much ready to give up until Everyone Beast tells him that the Phalanx him. already has his son, Quicksilver. And that basically spurns yep. him to, uh, which is funny because when they're like, the whole world's going to be taken over by these guys, and he's like, I don't care. He's like, they'll get you too. He's like, I don't care. And they're like, but your son's already got. And he's like, I care. And it's like, you know, Pietro is part of the world. When they take over the whole world, (laughs) Pietro and Wanda would be included in that, you know. Pietro can outrun the world and Wanda can create a Where's he going to go? It's the world. Wanda's new one. That's not here yet. Yeah, it's true. Where's he going to run? Yeah. So then uh, Menu says, where do we begin, basically? Down, press the man. And we cut so. to uh, a Canadian. We don't give any Canadian stops in here. Only a couple with the uh, Alpha Flight episodes. And they're always in the Arctic. You know, they really make Canadian look like this snow wonderland. Um, the only times we've been to Canada is the Alpha Flight episode and the uh, the Weapon X episode, I believe. Oh, and the one where Wolverine uh, runs off to join the Inuit. Um which actually isn't the right term for for them anymore. I'm not sure what is the term. Equalo? Inuit's not. Yes, it is. Eskimo is the one you're not supposed to use. That's right. Yeah. Inuit, I believe, is still okay. You can only um, name football teams that. <laughs> yeah, like Redskins. Um, yeah, that's our Canadian Jesus. Redskins. Is the Edmonton Eskimos? Uh, what what are they? What league are they in? CFL. Oh, of course. Nobody cares about the CFL. It's true. But they shouldn't be that anymore. Um, so anyway, we see Magneto, who um, looks like a local fisherman in Newfoundland Village, uh, where there is uh, that's been taken over by the Phalanx. So he wanders in. We see that his so, sort of whole image is uh, is kind of. It actually reminded me of a great movie that I love dearly. That actually maybe I'll make my I'll make my, re- I'll make my reference yep. for later. I did have another another one which I will still I mention. Shudder to but... think of such a possibility. Oh, no, God. I'll use that one because it's more apt. Uh, this one. He reminded me a little bit of a Total Recall when, like the the, the oh, when he's yes. in disguise as the lady, and then the the helmet all comes away. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the, uh, <laughs> so he's being dis- oh, that was the mutant attached to the stomach. But this is oh, like yeah. when he's wearing the old like the lady head that was a disguise. Um, so yeah. the phalanx, like kind of creating a skin over Magneto, gave him a cover from their their sensors. But what the but Magneto's powers allowed him to take a piece of the phalanx and keep it in uh, in a little magnetic field so it couldn't escape. 
Um, but then he the Phalanx, who you need, man, in pretty much any he situation. was very, very important in this <laughs> episode. Uh, so they he uh, escaped. Basically, the Phalanx don't figures out what's happening, tries to attack him, but they fly off and get back in the ship in time. Like, look at so that Magneto, beast. We didn't get that kind of detail in Beast's face. There's a lot of good one, two, detail three, in Beast in this. So using this sample, it was allowing them to figure out where the uh, the headquarters of the Phalanx Empire is. And, uh, hmm. you know, they use it Empire to, State Building. Yeah, to figure out it's the Empire, which they should have known already. They drove by it on their way out of New York. <laughs> they did, like, they did, it was, it was kind of yellow and at the time. Uh, yeah, they should have noticed. <laughs> um, but then the sample kind of comes to uh, comes to life and takes on the form of Cameron Hodge, who Beast recognizes immediately. Do you have his what dialogue? What precisely, then, may I ask, are you? Earth Guide to the Stars. <laughs> That's, That's a great line. <laughs> this is a great uh, script. Why does he still have glasses is what I want to know. So we can see. They can fix his legs, but his eyes don't work. The assimilation of all organic life everywhere in the universe. And they organic kind of reproduction yes. is imprecise at best. <laughs> Not when you're me. Hundred percent accuracy. So he he kind of plays it off. That um, well, this is where he explains how we got the, hooked up with the failings, which I mentioned. I thought it was earlier, but he's saying it now to Beast, obviously. Yeah. Um, but he also plays it off that like he the, the failings reproduction will eliminate things like mutants, which he obviously really dislikes. But he he seems joyfully happy with the idea that it eliminate the need for genetic reproduction, which is sex. Like he's almost yeah. happy about it. He's like, we won't need that messy. Messy reproductive way of, of doing it anymore. We'll have Cameron, perfect copies every single time we make one. That is Cameron Hodge was that the first the incel. That that's what I was going to use as my exploit, but I think I have enough stuff. He does sound very much like a well, I can't get laid, so nobody's yeah. getting laid. You so know? I guess like, the world sucks then. The world will yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. No women will fuck me, so I'm going to eliminate the entire need for fucking entirely. Well, <laughs> teach them. Yeah, it's just it's it's I get I get real like incel vibes off this guy, and uh, especially with this whole diatribe about the no. And I'll burn down a theater because it played the Barbie movie. Oh God, we talked about that last week, didn't we? No, you oh, talked about it on Graphic Histories. Oh, I love that movie, so good. I didn't see it. Oh, you it should. Sounds man. funny. I think you'd love it. I like the fact that they made a dude just this like attachment piece. Like they made ladies in movies for like a hundred years. Yes, and men are so upset about it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, Ken is only there for Barbie. That's the whole thing. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and forever free of individual thought and emotion, love, hate, curiosity, wonder—all the things that make life life. Like Cameron Hodge couldn't be debating a worse X-Man. Like of all the. Someone who's going to like try to present the virtues of humanity. It's Beast Man, and then he'll quote Tennyson. Yeah, Tennyson, Tennyson, Tennyson. But uh, you know, right he basically he Beast, Tennyson right there. Beast maligns with them that the phalanx won't. Uh, you know that the the uh, the phalanx won't. Uh, you know, won't need all these sort of copies. Beast sort of says, "Well, that's not that that removes humanity. There's no, there's nothing there. You're just robotic." copies there's no hope there's no love there's no joy there's no hate even there's nothing 
and he's but this is what Hodge is happy about. So, uh, but uh, they decide now after this whole diatribe to test the sample on uh, on Hodge, and uh, it turns the back into a piece of stone, which is what was originally infected by the phalanx. And they realize that it works, mm-hmm. and they're pretty happy about that. Now they decide they got to head to the center of the phalanx empire and uh, and inject it into the heart of the uh, the phalanx themselves. The heart of we, a dying star. Then we find we see old Cameron Hodge slugging around. Hodge, stop this! Stop! We've only just begun. That's the most classic villain line ever. Stop! 100%. We've only just begun. <laughs> we see we it. see uh, Gambit's kind of been infected by the Phalanx, so they're starting to be able to take over mutant uh, technology. Then he's able to uh, to empower a playing card and throw it. So they're obviously. Uh, that's creepy shot right there. That's almost like the thing. That's yeah, there's some real on. horror. That's that was my my movie suggestion last week because because uh, uh, of this. But uh, it's movies. yeah, it's one of the best. So we say Wolverine gets a gold star. He says, "Do you have any of this dialogue?" Summers, you fool, sinister. No, I should have known you that's were way responsible. Scott, he's yeah, on our side. I love that though. Cyclops automatic, like he Cyclops finally joins the fight and just immediately starts screwing shit up. So he says, uh, "Like thanks to you, we uh, yeah." Cyclops has been hardly in any of the last like last th- two and a half seasons, barely it's in the weird. show. I'm glad he's um, gonna supposedly be the star of X Men '97. Him and Star. I hope so. I'd like to see more of him. He's great. Yeah. Um, so you know, now that they figured out how to absorb the mutant's powers, the Phalanx say, "Hey, let's start with Charles Xavier." Xavier says, "Like, have you no humanity? Like, you're selling." He goes, "He says you you've traded out your humanity to help the phalanx, but I question if you ever had any." And uh, yeah. yeah, which is actually a nice little line. I thought I had that line. Uh... Mm-hmm. He said, "Did you sell your humanity to the phalanx, or did you ever have any to begin with?" Yeah. And uh, Hodge seems pleased by that. He even does this. Even does this. Hodge does this. The, the ultimate villain tenting your fingers yeah, pose while he's listening to. So um, they they kind of the, we see the team looking at the spire and figuring out the battle plan. There's actually one. Oh wow. Okay, that's another. Uh, I just I just saw a. Can you do you have another scene of that talking? But when Ford just talking just there before this. Go back, when they're on the ship. No, no. Before you're going ahead. Oh, oh before. Yeah. Probably. One more? Go back. Okay, you don't. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll save as one of my X points. Um, so uh, I'll see if I can print oh, screen this. Oh, is it going to be about the mustache? Yes, it was. The mustache appears and uh, disappears. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, I there's a couple scenes. Too. There's a couple scenes when he's talking and the mustache appears and disappears both times, which is really weird. It's creepy. It is creepy. <laughs> and like the face even looks really different. So anyway, they yeah. say Vought's going to use her powers to get them to the lower chamber. She uses her powers to get them into the thing, she uh, into the spire. She manages to use the the beam they've covered they, the fight against the phalanx to get Jean Grey out of one of her bubbles. They're trying to help and Polaris. Um, then the phalanx starts attacking them. And they're using their powers to fend them off while they are releasing more X Men. Uh, Sinister releases. Uh, dude, I did like this because like like Cyclops is like <laughs> Sinister. I knew it was you the no, whole no, time. Like, even before he son says of a that, bitch. Even before he <laughs> says that. So like he's in the bubble, frozen. Sinister 
makes a hole to open it. The second the hole opens, the he shoots right at him and Sinister like yeah. ducks. And he's like, damn it, Sinister, I knew you were behind this. I just love that there wasn't even a moment where he said anything. He just immediately tried to shoot him in the face with his beams. <laughs> he hates Sinister. Because that was pretty was great. Hilarious. But then, of course, yeah, they, he was, was told, told by Amelia that Sinister is, is with them. Uh, Jean's using her powers to kind of put a bubble around them, or, or uh, Polaris's and Jean is for the other side. While uh, that's going on, we see Magneto, Beast, and Warlock. Uh, they give Warlock the sample that he has to put into the heart. He puts it into his metal case in his, his chest. And they decide to go in and attack the, the Spire. So basically, it's kind of ingenious how they do this. Mm-hmm. Um, they go. Magneto makes a bubble. They start going in. Then the Phalanx start attacking him. And while they're attacking him, they, they attack part of the bubble. And they, they the section they touch it makes a hole and then warlock falls through and they're like warlock no but it was all ploy because they wanted the phalanx to like to look as though or they they lost warlock and the phalanx grabs them so when they do they're going to reabsorb him in but then he takes out the the panel that's in his chest with the piece and then throws it into the heart of the uh of this fire which begins Mm -hmm. a chain reaction which uh which Turns Spire back to normal and turns everybody that was affected by the Phalanx back to normal as well. We even see old Cameron Hodge, uh, who has a robot arm and leg, uh, which is fun, uh, return back oh, yeah, to his human form. Well, I can talk about that as an X point. But he even he he has a flash. He's like flash. No! Yeah. Flash. <laughs> no! That's a great line. He just he just like deep breaks back and he goes flash. No. <laughs> He's holding his hands on the ground with his tie. Don't worry, he's still got one robot arm and one robot leg. Yeah, he still has an arm and a leg. He's able to. But hold that's his why own. he turned on humanity so easily. He hates flesh. They did have a pretty yeah, exactly. Incel. Okay. Um, we did have <laughs> a, a funny line when Cameron Hodge was like looking at when Magneto comes into the spire. Goes Magneto, and he's like, La- "The long hair and a beard is a good look for you. You, you pull it off well, or you can mm-hmm. pull it off, or something like that." He says, "He's like, I like it. I like Magneto like this. He looks cool." Yeah, man. So somehow, and it's unexplained, uh, Warlock survived. Um, but then he looks. Maybe it's because this version well, of the he's basically is, a nanite creature. Like, but he, so were the phalanx. He is a phalanx. He's one of them. So the same thing that well, he isn't. He isn't. But he's upset. He says it was necessary to destroy his, his partner and his people, right? And they say, yeah, unfortunately. But then he, he senses yet. his partner is still alive. So he goes and finds the piece of her on the floor and helps her reform into his life mate. And they decide to uh, they ask Beast to help them uh, build, take a ship. Yeah, we see everybody reunite and be happy that they are not... Little kissy-poo uh, there. Yeah, little kissy-poo that they're not uh, mutants or uh, robot people anymore, which is nice. Um, and then I never we... thought I'd see the day when we would all be working together. I sense no new mutant solidarity, Charles. <laughs> Such a downer, yeah, Magneto. You can't let anybody have a win. Oh my goodness, look at that baby. Yeah, there we go here. Hi, Ursula. Wow, she got a lot of hair. She was born with like a full head of hair. Wow. Hi, say hi to Uncle Andre. Oh, hello. Say hi to the ex goons. Say hi to those ex goons. She looks exhausted. <laughs> Three weeks Living early, ex- man. It'll make ex- you exhausted. Does she get out? She sleeps. She doesn't sleep through the night, I assume. How long will she sleep? Well, no, because you got to feed these little tiny babies every three hours. So. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No. No, yeah, she's yeah. adorable. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty happy. 
I'm pretty happy. Baby cuddles again. <laughs> again? Again? But yeah, that's the end of the episode, isn't it? Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, they agree to uh, that Warlock Storm's wants to go... here all of a sudden. Now, Warlock wants was in the entire episode, but now Storm. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, she would have been. Yeah, Gambit's there in Rogue too. We didn't really see. We saw Gambit being yeah. uh, similar. Gambit so. was there. Yeah. But Warlock He's decides no him cloak. and his him and his life mate are going to go back uh, to the home planet and try to change things from the from. You know, he's been putting it up, running from his responsibilities long enough, and they're going to go back and try to change things for the better from within. So uh, then we see uh, a lovely little moment where Magneto's reunited with his son, and they hug, which is funny because they didn't see yes. it along at all last time we saw them together. But perhaps being infected a by a techno-organic life form from beyond the stars will do that to you. <laughs> you know, it just might. I think it would actually. Wasn't Polaris yeah, Magneto's me. daughter as well, or his wife? Yes, and I'm, I'm. Well, that's kind of an exploit. We'll talk about that. There okay. are reasons to work for a better future. Here comes one now. Pietro, thank Pietro. I love how Sentiments shared by Pietro. every parent on Earth. Sentiments shared by every. Parent. How fortuitous! I shared those. How apropos time. with you holding your new baby while that line plays. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that was the episode. Let's get on to our ratings, shall we? Each of us will have to look into his own heart and decide. Look into your heart. Decide. decide. I, gave it, I gave it a 10 last time, didn't I? You did, yeah. We 10 again. Did. It's great. These yeah. two parters were fun. This was a great two parter. Yes. Uh, it was. A, a pleasant surprise. Expect coming into season five, expecting a bit of a downgrade, and it was just because of a reorganization, of course, on Disney Plus's part that we get it now. But excellent stuff. Yeah, it's Up great. There is maybe one of the is one of the best two parters, if not the best. I don't think we gave anything else two tens. No, I think so. Uh, Future Past, maybe we like that episode a lot too. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was really good too. Yeah, great stuff. Um, might as well move on to our exploits. I don't think we have much more to say about that rating. The uncanny exploits. You go first. Okay. Well, what was the one? Oh, the incel thing I was going to say, which I didn't need to say. Um, <laughs> We've already alienated him. You already covered that well enough. Well, this is, uh, you may have noticed, this is the return of uh, David Hemblin in the role of Magneto. Um, we had trouble figuring yeah. out who did his voice previously because it wasn't listed, but I have figured that out. His yes. name was George Murner. Uh, okay. M-E-R-N-E-R. Yeah, I'm not sure why he was uh, used in that episode either, but he was the previous uh, Magneto that was used in the episode Family Ties. Um, another Canadian actor that was in a title of Canadian... Ooh. Canadian stuff, mostly uh, um, Street Legal, Tales from the Crib cartoon, The War of the Worlds TV show, uh, all that sort of Canadian stuff. Yep. Last his last credit was in 2014, so I'm not sure he passed away or maybe he's retired or who knows. He's also in a a horror movie. Maybe became a car salesman. Could have. Very much. Very well. Could have. Yeah, right. He well, was in a, a very uh, well-known uh, goofy horror movie called Deadly Eyes about uh, overgrown killer rats. Uh, hmm. That if you watch the movie, 
uh, will notice how fun it is because the rats were played by uh, Dashens that were dressed up as rats for a special effect. Uh, well, here's my first X point. So we thought they went to Newfoundland in this episode, but did they? Did they? Well, or they did said they said Newfoundland, Brunswick, Canada, on it. Or did they go to New Brunswick? Why do you say that? Because they go to Saint John, Newfoundland. Oh, good point. Saint John's is uh, Newfoundland. Yeah, Saint John. Saint John is New Brunswick. Is is. New Brunswick. Oh, jeez, my baby. But oh. St. John's. Oh, oh, she's awake. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. She's awake. Hello, little awake. one. Now you she's can like, what the hell? say hi to the ex What? She's like, I didn't agree to be on camera. Did she sign an NDA? Like, we don't. Or, Did uh, sign an NDA? Or a waiver, a video waiver, so we can use her likeness. You want a waiver? We'll get you a waiver. Oh. Or do you want those little footprint uh, <laughs> signatures? It'll be cute. She's adorable, man. Yeah, she's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, but St. John is S-A-I-N-T-J-O-N-H-N-S, isn't it? No, St. John's Newfoundland is S-T-J-O-H-N-S. A.K.A. Storm, A.K.A. Yes, yes, Cousin Dave's the godfather. Is Dave the godfather? You didn't ask me, yeah, sir. You didn't ask me to be the godfather? Who's the godfather you here? Barely, barely want to show up for this show. <laughs> I love this show. I love doing this show. That's not fair. That's not fair. It's true. You were you were second to cousin Dave. Who's who's the who's the godfather of your other child? My buddy Francis. Who was okay. The, well, so if Dave is both, those gonna be really upset. Simpsons podcast. If you ever. Ah, uh, okay. All right, you're up. Uh, all right. Well, oh, is that your was that your ex point was it Newfoundland? Then I'm back up. Yeah, Newfoundland, or is it New No Funswick? We'll never know. No Funswick. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, the voice. Well, I've um, been there. The voice of Warlock, <laughs> and also yes. the voice of uh, where you go, I just had it here. The voice of War of Cameron Hodge, surely they're not the same guy. Who is uh, not Warlock? Uh, the voice no. of Cameron Hodge is also the voice of the Phalanx themselves. So, oh, like the okay. the voice of the Phalanx too, which makes sense the way they kind of did that in the series. But he's been on the show before. Can you guess okay. who he's the voice of? Cameron Hodge, the Master Mold. Nope, he's the voice of Archangel. Really, Stephen uh, Stephen Olet. He's also the voice of uh, Oh Stephen O O Wemet O U I M E T T E. He was also the voice of Beetlejuice in the Beetlejuice cartoon, as we were as we discovered in the oh, in the Archangel episode. Wow, Cameron yep. Hodge is Beetlejuice. Same guy. Well, he was really good, and Beetlejuice was really good in that character. Yeah, he was really good in Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. Okay, interesting. That's a good X point, Andre. All right, let's move on. What's your first X point, Ursula? Oh, she fell asleep. Okay, she doesn't have any X points. Okay, well, she so the I episode. Talk about this. this episode where they stop pretending they're not just doing a Borg episode, and this went full Borg. Oh, yeah, they it, do. This is basically the best of both worlds. Like, I don't know if it got this Borgy. In the comics, I'm gonna have to go back and read that. But my God, this is a, like they're even using the same terminology. They say, they say resistance, resistance is futile. Is futile. Yeah, they yeah. say resistance is futile. They sure do. Like, I'm I'm loving it. Maybe that's why I love this episode so much because I I love Star Trek, of course. But my God, resistance is futile. Yeah, uh, 
That's uh, I did notice that as well. They said it several times in the episode. In the way the assimilation was works, and they were talking about how people have become assimilated and how they have. I and thought of, I thought about suggesting first contact for my movie watch uh, because <laughs> you know you should have. But I figured that would have been uh, would have been maybe a little on little too on the nose. I'm not too sure about that one. I recommend Picard season three because it's glorious. Hmm. All right, so I'm on my third point. Am I? Mm-hmm. Yes, Fourth point, third so. point. So uh, one thing I forgot to mention the episode though that was really funny was after that exchange between Professor X and Magneto, where um, Magneto says, "I sense no new mutant solidarity, Charles, with the fate of the planet <laughs> hanging in the balance." Many acted to save their own skin. And then Cyclops goes, "Including Sinister, where is he?" And then <laughs> as he says that in the background, you just see him running like this off into an alley, <laughs> like he just like literally, it's very comical, like cartoonish way of him running off into the alley. It was and so then like King goes, slumped back into the shadows where he belongs. Let it go, Scott. I just want to go home. But, but uh, it's Sinister. But just when he's but, running, like but... it's just so goofy. It's almost like a Looney Tunes no, cartoon. So how he slinks off into the alley, just running away. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> it's like a Scooby Doo villain. Yeah, he really did look like the, the Scooby Doo villain trying to escape. So that, that's yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, man, this was a good episode. It was a really good episode. Um, okay, my next one. Oh, see, they even talk about. I'm going to talk about the Borg again. So more Borg things. They even talk about how they just want to achieve perfection, and that's why they need to assimilate all biological life in the galaxy. To, to, so, so that it all experiences that perfection. That's literally the Borg's MOA, modus operandi. Mm-hmm. Like, um, my God. Yeah, it is, it's, it's, it's very Borgian, for sure. It, it's so Borg. They just should have just called this episode the best of both worlds, and then... Borg edition. But, like, they're not pretending. They're, like, certainly McDermott and Melching knew exactly what they were doing. Like, it's clear they're Trek fans. I want to have them on my the show now and ask them if they're big Trek fans. Yeah, that actually, yeah. Oh, they must be. There's no way. They couldn't They couldn't have put Resistance it's, it's Feudal too, in there without it yeah. being something to do with it, for sure. Oh, thanks, uh, MZ. My next point MZ. would be... Uh, oh, 10 out of 10 from MZ as well. Oh, look, he even changed his name to MZ. Oh, he did, too. Oh, that's right. They did meet in the Savage Lane episode. Man, this guy should be in the show. MZ should be in the show. He remembers shit super well. Yeah, seriously, MZ. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll talk. We'll talk. Um, So uh, my next point is the animation in this episode, as I mentioned earlier, is is stellar. Like, it's it's probably the best two-parter is the best animation the show has to offer, I would say. Yeah. Um, It's super, super good. And uh, I'm sad to see, based on the art I saw when I was skimming through the next episode... uh, I uh say bye to the ex goons, baby. Oh, bye bye, Ursula. Bye bye. She Aww. woke up and said hello for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. She's adorable. Congratulations, oh, Congratulations, Andre says. Thanks. <laughs> She's like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, I feel You're like I'm. Fe- I feel like I won the uh, won the lottery. Yeah. Um, it's so good. Yeah, the animation is so good. Based on what I've seen for what's coming in the next episode when I was doing the little graphics for you, um, it looks like that's where we start hitting, taking a dip in quality. Uh, it's a hard dip in quality. Oh. Like, 
one of the stills that we use has um, like it almost like Storm looks almost like a Sailor Moon character. Like it look, she's just and so look, I'm very off. protective about who Storm has a relationship with in comics or any media. In our comics, I don't don't reveal that. Don't look, reveal anyway. That. All right, all right. We won't. I'm impressed he's even on the show. Like that. Me too. I, I didn't know he showed up in the show, and I'm quite impressed that he did because he's that's a deep cut for Marvel Comics. I have a great comic with Archon in it, which will probably be my recommendation next episode. Well, even like, what was the comic? Was it Weird? What was the comic Weird he was World. in? That's Weird the World. one. We'll talk That's about it next week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I should read that. I have the graphic novel that has like the collection of all the the original Real World comics in it. Oh, the original Real World. Yeah. And I think I have the trade that has the, this, the one they did for Secret Battle Zones or whatever. Oh, Battle, Secret Wars. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So... All right, my next point. So Cameron Hodge was actually the college roommate of Angel, which is funny since they're the same voice actor. Oh, really? That is funny. Yeah. And, but he always hated mutants the whole time. So it's like he, it was, he was always like, hated it. Worried. But Angel have wings when they were roommates? He just... Yeah, he always had wings. He was born with them. He was? Not according to... Yeah. Uh... X-Men The Last Stand. Or was he born with them? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, they just... yeah, yeah. They so why were some mutants born there. with their powers and some only hit during puberty? Well, like, usually the more, like, super-powered, like, the, these, like, strange powers, those kind of manifest later, but, like, any physical deformities, those are usually, like, or abnormalities, I should say, are usually more apparent at birth. Like, Beak, that... Beak was born looking like Beak, if you know who Beak is. Oh, I love Beak. Yeah. Of so course I know Beak. Like He's from uh, yeah. Morrison's run of the X-Men. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. The best run of the X-Men ever, as you know, as you agree. Oh. And we won't comment on it any further. We don't need to because you've already admitted it's the best X-Men story of all time. When? Oh, no, off camera. Don't worry about it. Well, I don't remember that. Anyway, your X point. Uh, for some odd reason, in the credits for this episode, there's a different voice actor credit for Gambit. I don't remember Gambit saying anything, so I'm guessing it may have just been because he was like grunting and groaning, and they had a different voice actor do it that wasn't Chris Potter. But Tony Daniels is credited as the voice of Gambit in this episode. Um, he does a lot of work. He was um, crew work mostly. We did the voice of Logan and Gambit on the X-Men Next Dimension game, um, mm. and a, few, a lot of other things. Gotham Knights, a video game, we did voices for that. A lot of voice work in animation, but it looks like he does. Red Dead Redemption, he does voice of like local pedestrians. So he's pretty active in the the voice game in uh, film and incredibly. He does a lot of ADR and stuff like that for other actors. So well, that's it seems because... as though he uh, he may. I'm assuming since Gambit doesn't say anything in this episode, that that's the reason. But the, he is credited as that for some reason. I'm not sure why. Well, that's interesting because if IMDb is to be believed. He did the voice of Hawkeye in the Avengers game, or the Avengers though, United They Stand uh, series. Sorry, continue. Though, though Chris Potter, the voice of Gambit, is back for the 97 series, IMDb would have us believe not to voice Gambit. They have somebody else credited as Gambit. And Chris in Potter, the new series? Yes, and Chris Potter oh. is unknown. So Are we I, sure? Yes. Actually, that's why I say if IMDb is believed, there's so many things that we're they're gonna have to shake out when we we finally see this series. Yeah, it's very exciting. But a lot, a lot of answers to come. There's a lot of things they're doing that with a few characters where like the not the original actor is voicing them, and the, that actor is voicing somebody else. Jubilee, for example. Um, 
<laughs> oh, uh, MZ says he doesn't think Potter's in season five. So interesting. It'd be a shame. But, well, well, he was he was doing kung fu at the time. He might have had to concentrate on kung fu. Oh uh, man, I used to love that show. Watch it every night. Yeah, yeah, he's back, but like I say, MZ, maybe not as Gambit. We'll have to see. Hmm. So, I guess my last point is, oh, so, um, Cameron Hodge has the metal arm and the metal egg, because he's a reaver. He he, he he was part of the reavers for a while. Oh, that makes and, sense. Uh, if you're familiar with them, yeah, they just kind of enhance their body with machinery. One of them even has tank legs. Hmm. <laughs> Bone breaker, I think he's called. But yeah, so he was a reaver. Yeah. So, Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. Well, that's X points. So let's move on to the everyone's favorite segment. This hey, check this out. Check it out. Well, I guess that means me. I'll go first because I usually do for these. So, I mean, it's probably obvious, but I'm going to pick a Cameron Hodge story. So Cameron Hodge mentioned how he was liaison for the Genosian government. Um... This is the comic book story where he is exactly that. And hmm. it's the Extinction Agenda. And there he is there. He's, he, he's the liaison as this, like, freakish robot creature. Like, he's, like They have interesting hiring practices, the Genosian government. Um, but, yeah, and Cable even shows up with some big old guns, you know. But, yeah, it's the Extinction Agenda. He kidnaps the new mutants. He even kidnaps Storm. Cameron Hodge and the X-Men and X-Factor and they all join and the New Mutants, well not the New Mutants, they're kidnapped they all join together save the day, but that's the Extinction Agenda Warlock I believe dies in this story is that this story? yeah I think he does oh really? Adam Warlock? oh no Warlock Sorry. Warlock, yeah yeah, we're cool Alright, so me. I'm reading currently um, because they're really cheap. Like, I I got the the iPad Pro and I'm playing around with it. And I started uh, checking out some of the, like, the Kindle versions of some comics. I know reading digital comics isn't great, but I can read them in bed. It's nice to catch up on some things that way. And some things you can only get that way, including by a friend of the show, David Cutler. That is true. I've been considering getting the Marvel Marvel Unlimited Mm -hmm. comic thing. But uh, I've been reading Nexus um, and oh, the, uh, Steve the Rude. yeah Steve Rude series, and uh, it's great. It's beautiful, and it's a fun little comic series that uh, has uh, a lot to say about some interesting, uh, interesting ideas. Mike Barron wrote it, and uh, Steve Rude did the art, and uh, it's it's a beautiful art. But these omnibus editions on these Kindle on Kindle are like five bucks for like four hundred, five hundred pages of comics. So uh, it's well worth it to uh, check them out that way if you can't afford to do it in the big way. But uh, they're very good, and uh, it's a very cool little series. And the art's beautiful, beautiful art. Yeah, um, check that out. That interview over at Graphic Histories, right? To it today. And did you love it? Oh, I loved it. Interesting. Did you? Guy. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a very uh, unique individual. Yeah, like, I, I was going to use that exact word. Yeah, like the way he yeah. says things. Is just the way he talks, and it's like and yeah, everything talks. is very. Um, like you're talking about reading comics, and he's just like, and you like enjoyed them for pleasure. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but he did, he, did, he didn't mean it in an insulting way. It's just how no, no he's just like, and you like, and they entertained you. That's what he said. And they like, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. entertained you. It's like, yeah. well, I was reading them. 
Yeah, I was a kid also. Interesting guy. You got to check out the interview. He's definitely an interesting guy. And great artist, of course. Yeah, yeah, unique. It's definitely. I almost sent you that text earlier. It was just like, dude, this dude is a unique individual. <laughs> sure um, was. But, uh, well, I guess that moves on to Andre's favorite segment. Gorse. Gorse. You don't like the movie? Change the channel! <laughs> My remote. Where's your remote taking us? Huh? Not to first oh, contact, but go check that one out too. Yeah, it would be a good one too. Um, as what I mentioned earlier that I said in mind. Oh yeah, I totally recall. So the movie I'm going to suggest. So um, it's a bit of a deep cut for for eh, not so much for horror fans, but for the regular folks. So Dan O'Bannon is kind of a famous um, scriptwriter. Uh, he wrote the script for Alien, which is what he's probably most famous for. Um, but uh, before that, he did he did a very low budget uh, student film that is is has some redeeming factors, some very interesting stuff in it. Uh, but it was John Carpenter's first film. They worked together on it, uh, Dark Star. Um, that oh. was kind of a comedy about, uh, and it's such a great idea. It's one something that I think would really benefit from a remake, and I'd hope that maybe somebody could do it because the effects weren't weren't great, but the idea was cool. It's like grunts, and it's one of the first movies to do like grunts in space. Like just guys doing a job in space, which uh, and you can definitely see watching this movie how um, Dark Star is not the movie, but you can definitely see how Dark Star transitioned to Alien because of you know the guys working in Alien that are just in the ship just seem like grunts doing a job drilling in space or just oil oil drillers basically in space, um, and you get a bit a lot of that in Dark Star. He's a really interesting writer, but one of his early films and one that he directed as well was called Dead and Buried. And it's one that um, the one I want to suggest, which is a favorite movie of a lot of horror directors. Guillermo del Toro spoke highly of it on several things. And it's basically about a crazed scientist who, uh, I mean, it's kind of a spoiler alert if you don't want to hear where the movie goes, but you'll kind of figure it out later anyway. But it's a guy that gets trapped in a small community. Everybody seems really weird. And uh, it turns out the entire community, the entire town are dead. Every time someone dies, this guy brings them back to life using this and and uh, uses his um, you know medical way to make them look normal a reanimator and, you know, almost almost but the entire town are all dead and don't really know it um and just doing the bidding of this guy that this one dude that's keeping all the you know the plates spinning um and it reminded me a little bit of that when they go to new flanks it's like a little fishing village and like everyone's just doing their little fishing village life the little job and anytime someone new comes to town, basically they all murder him, and then this guy brings him back to life and makes him part of the town. And uh, it's a dark movie. It's uh, it's interesting. It's got some beautiful gore effects. There's a particular scene where a guy gets messed up in an accident and he's in the hospital, basically a full body cast with just like his eye and maybe his fingers exposed and a few other things. And the nurse comes in with a with a syringe, and there's a very close up shot of the, her putting the syringe right in his eye. It's a very famous scene from the more movies but it's very good and very disturbing and, and elements of the, the fishing village seen in newfoundland here it reminded me of that so check it out if you like good creepy stylistic horror movies dan o'bannon's uh dead and buried all right check it out uh perhaps you'd better take over from here 
sweet tunes for the ex-goons. I'm going to make it quick since this is, episode is basically a Star Trek episode. <laughs> Check out This One's From The Heart by Star Trek character and great singer Vic Fontaine, James Darren, where he does uh, a lot of the songs that are featured in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And uh, just, you know, a lot of standards, jazz standards, songs you'll hear from Sinatra and and, and those types and... It's fantastic. Oh, Blue Eyes himself? I, I honestly prefer James Darren's take better than Sinatra takes of songs, usually. I prefer Sacrilege. James Darren's voice. No, it's not. James Darren's got a smoother voice. It's a little cooler, man. If so, you, yeah, you, you watch this. This one's from the heart by James Darren. James Darren? This one's from the heart? Yeah. All right, I'll listen to that. This, that reminded me of that Simpsons bit where... Grandpa's giving Homer advice before his date. He's like, what you want to do if you want to get a kiss is act real smooth and make you move like this. It's very jazzy, like even the colors behind them all turn. If I take your advice and make a patented move, then my chances for love will slightly improve. What's that rule? Play it cool. We haven't got a copyright issue for that one. Nah, we haven't got a copyright issue for anything else. <laughs> Just the Japanese intro to the show yes. is very strange. Yes, all yeah. the all of the rest of the people in the world that made this show love us, but not the Japanese contingent. Not the Japanese. No, um, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm not going to talk so, about this anymore. No, let's party like it's, 19, like it's apostrophe 97, just for a second, because a rumor dropped that Madeline Pryor is going to be in the series, and of course there was a recent oh, interesting. Show, showing of footage at San Diego Comic-Con, where a friend of the show, Jamil, was, was attending. Um, and uh, Jean Grey's pregnant. So Jean Grey's pregnant, and Madeline Pryor is apparently going to be in the series. So that's interesting. Um, this is going to break from the comics quite a bit. So it's like Cyclops going to uh, impregnate Jean with, like, Rachel or something. And then impregnate Maddie with Cable. Because Cable is Maddie's kid. Whereas Rachel is an alternate universe well, if it's an alternate universe or timeline thing, and Madeline Pryor is that, then I mean, they could probably play with that. So, it, it's going to be interesting. interesting. Yeah, there's lots of interesting stuff. I'm like so looking forward to this show. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, trust me on that one, ex goons, and trust your uncle Lawrence. He also guarantees it's going. We're going to be happy. <laughs> so, it's time for uh, our homework. I guess. All I need now is for you to contact your students, Professor. What's the homework, Professor? My ex? Well, watch the next episode, which is, um, oh, what is it, Storm something? Uh, shoot, I just had it. Uh, <laughs> remember the next Storm episode, quick? Is it called Stormfront? Stormfront. Seems like an obvious name. Stormfront Part yeah. 1, yes. In which, as Davin mentioned uh, earlier, we meet uh, Archon for some Archon. reason. Archon. I said Archon. <laughs> yep. Archon, the, uh, the, the uh, I don't know what he is. Anyway, 
barbarian type dude from Weird World in a, in a pretty deep cut Marvel comic. So if you want to excited to see what that's going to mean, check it out. Yep. Also, I'll be uh, more laid back because yeah. I'll be on vacation next week. So I'll definitely be hammered. I might show up drunk. Perfect. I'm just kidding. Perfect. We'll, we'll, Actually, we'll my birthday's coming up. So if the, if the role is to get belligerently uh, drunk on the week of your birthday, my birthday is a few weeks away. Well, I did it once on my birthday. On, oh, you were. Um, you were, podcast, you so. were sloppy. You were sloppy. Now it's it your up. turn. I kept oh, no. it together. I could drink double I what we drank. I directed, produced, and host this show all at the same time. Inebriated. <laughs> You can right support on. the show at patreon.com slash xmemreviewshow. You can contact us at xmemreviewshow at gmail.com and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and the Twitches. Find our audio-only version wherever you get your podcasts, of course. And we are, of course, a member of these United Federations of Podcasts. And also, where, of course, you we feature our podcast. And, of course, go back and check out our interview with Christopher Pritton. That was very fun. And we have another interview coming up in two weeks' time. So, I think two or three weeks. Still got to confirm that, actually. And we also have Hold Up a Movie podcast. Our next one will be on prehistory, where we will be watching Quest for Fire, The Man from Earth, and 65. Mm -hmm. With guest Adam Woodward from Enterprise at 8, which is part of Live Long and Podcast. There he is there in the front. Gray hair, which I don't think that had as regulation for your character, buddy. At least, if we let you wear them, in a, as the ex goons know, I am rarely seen without my band. Because you're balding, isn't it? Nope. I'm convinced you, you are, and that's why you're hiding it behind that headband. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flash it now. Got lots of hair. Mm, looks kind of thin, thin, thinner it's in the not, middle it, there. It's getting a little thinner in the front, and look, only since I've had children. What are you like? Forty down? Why old are you? Almost thirty-nine. Well, you're only a year older than me. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were so much older. Maybe like five to well, ten to fifteen years. I thought you were on death's door. I thought you were at least sixty-eight. I thought you were at least sixty-eight. <laughs> I'm amazed you're still alive. I didn't think you'd make it to the end of the series. <laughs> we already got David on standby. Son of a bitch. There's also <laughs> Super Mater Brothers, where they review reality shows and other things on television, and we also do the Mary Mater Marvel Society over there. Where we will be reviewing Secret Invasion this Sunday. 7 Atlantic time, I believe. 7 p.m. And, of course, we cannot... And there's trivial debates every month. And Eamon on track this Sunday where they will... I will be joining them. In fact, my cousins Eamon and Dave to review... Oh, my God, I forget what it's called now. But it's a Bee Gees live album by the Bee Gees. And... The Bidges. It's also the Hellbound podcast with Alex Blackburn and Michael Tran. They've been on hiatus, but they'll be back soon. And of course, we can't forget. What they doing up there at Graphic Histories Podcast? We've got hiccups right now. Oh, um, they got the hiccups over there at Graphic Histories Podcast. We are, yeah, we just had a new episode dropped this past week with um, a big get for me, which is the Steve the Dude Brood, who is um, a comic artist and now writer who's doing uh, did Nexus, co-creator of Nexus, which is a very 
Those who know independent comics, especially ones from the late 80s, 90s, would certainly recognize the image of the character. He was certainly uh, an outlier at the time because he was a sort of unique, very different, unique sort of version of a hero. And uh, at a time when there was kind of a real boom for those sort of comics, alternative indie comics like Cerebus and this and uh, many others that are popping up around that time. Grew the grew, uh, uh, grew the Wanderer is the best. Isagi Ajimbo and all these other books. I love Grew so much. Um, yeah, so all those were coming out and it was sort of having a bit of a bump in the industry. And this was one of them, a big one. Uh, very unique moral tales about basically a cosmic punisher that is sent to kill those who kill others. And uh, it's 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 a beautiful book. The art is beautiful. The, the concept is kind of beautiful. And Steve and I get into a long conversation about how it came to be and and uh, how, you know, it's easy to feel like the life doesn't really punish those who deserve it. And then the idea of a, a cosmic punisher is uh, an interesting way to to uh to answer to that and it's and the even more interesting connection to that is that mike Barron's kind of a famous writer of the punisher comics as well so uh the idea that you know that's a, a through line of his work is very cool maybe we'll get a chance to talk to him someday which would be awesome that would be awesome and sergio aragonis oh dude i met him and uh i gave him a copy of my comic and he told me to come back the next day and it was at a convention and when I came back, he'd read it the night before, and we had a long discussion about it, and he gave me a lot of okay. tips. It there you go. Sweet. You have an inside. Get him on the show. Man. It was a long time ago, and I highly doubt he remembers that. Oh, he remembers it, like, pictures. He'd cool if he still had the comic. Yeah, would be. All right, well, should we get out of here? We can do that. All right, well, catch you next time. Goodbye. For all we know, we could be the only ones left. Mm-hmm.